I Got It From My Mama with Beck and Sarge on Apple, Spotify and NHMNewcastleHunterMamas.com. Hunter GWM Havel are proud to support NHM Newcastle Hunter Mummers. They've got stock ready for immediate delivery in H2 Canon, Canon L and H9. Did you know all vehicles are backed by a seven-year unlimited K's warranty? Inquire now. Hunter GWM Havel. NHM, I got it from my mama with Beck and Sarge. Thank you so much for putting us in your ears today. We really appreciate it. We're with Michelle from Stepping Stones today. Michelle is an occupational therapist. Uh, she helps children on the autism spectrum with ADHD, developmental delay, trauma, and many other things. And we're super excited to have her join us today. So thank you so much. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Michelle, one of the things that I really liked to talk to you about before was you said you started your business when your child was one year old. Whoa. <laughs> I sure did. What a journey yeah. that's been. And, you know, that is the often the thing for so many mums these days, especially mums like myself who may have waited like a long time to have kids and then you have children and your career life is so full on. Mm-hmm. What did that look like for you and how did you make it work? You said it's been chaos. Yeah, it sure has. So I started my business 10 years ago and I started it in New Zealand. We wow. were living, yeah, living in New Zealand. And um, fish and we, chips. Fresh and What's up, bro? <laughs> Only the best people are Red from King. New Zealand. Just, just <laughs> true. let's say. It's true. We'll put that out there. Put that out there. Um, and we didn't we we didn't have any family support over there. And wow. so it was just my husband and I and we, we made some good friends, but um, so it was pretty full on and it was a real, at that point, it was a real kind of juggle between being a mum, being a wife, my husband's job, <laughs> and mm. then my career that I, you know, I'd, I'd, you know, I was late um, to motherhood as well. And so yeah. I'd had, I'd enjoyed a very successful and full career before I had my first child. And so I wanted to sort of start this business and and it was a real, real juggle. And I think I kind of had moments where I wasn't doing either job uh, perfectly well. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I feel like that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But through the years, so we, the journey that I've been on with my business is, you know, like I started in New Zealand and then we moved back to Newcastle five years ago and then I started it here in Newcastle and, and it's grown. We've now got three clinics. We've got, I think, 13 staff now. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so good. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And we've got two children now. And so um, what I found is that there's no such thing as a balance. There is no such really? thing as a balance. Yeah. There isn't. You, you just can't. Um, it's too high an expectation to put on yourself. Mm. And so what I try to do now is... I try to, um, you know, there are seasons with my business where my business needs me more yep. and there are seasons with my family where my family need me more and so I try to give myself more to the different parts of my life yeah. depending upon what's actually happening in I that. I like that. Yeah. I like that way And I think it is that. 100% true and mm. it's so frustrating as a mum when you feel, often I feel, oh, my God, I just – I want to throw in the towel with everything, mm. even though it's going reasonably well, because 
I just feel like I'm doing a crap job at being a because mum. That, and you've got to know that you can't do everything all at once. And so yeah. I like that balance yeah. idea. Yeah. Where you think that about yourself. Yeah. I think that's great. Then you can then you can actually feel like you can do a good job at that thing. Yeah. So like, you know, with my business just recently, we've moved into a brand new clinic in Charlestown and we shut one of our other clinics. And so my family, I set up the expectation with my family that, you know, you guys – Term one this year is going to be a really busy term for me. So my husband and I had, you know, a discussion and he was going to pick up the slack a little bit more around some things. You know, my kids had the expectation that I wasn't going to be able to do all the things, but they knew that I was taking the Easter holidays off Mm -hmm. and then term two would be a different picture so I could kind of take the pet the my foot off the pedal with my family a little bit and put a little bit more into my business but then I know that next term I need to change that shift that dynamic a little bit and give more to my family and maybe a little bit less I love that business yeah Mm -hmm. and I think that's the thing you know you can't do all the things yeah. all the time and you just have to accept that yeah 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 it's come from this learning this knowing <laughs> has come from nearly burning myself did down you? different so, times so what did that look like for you michelle oh that looked like me so i i really love my job i'm a children's occupational therapist i've been doing this job for like 22 years and i love it i i love the work with the kids I love mentoring my staff it's so wonderful and you know at the same time I love my family and I I enjoy <laughs> sort of hanging out with them but there there've been times particularly in the last 5 years because we've had like quite a lot of rapid growth yeah. where I've actually really disliked both of those things. Mm. I really dislike the expectations of my work and I really dislike the expectations of being a mother. Um, And I haven't sort of been able to engage meaningfully in in either of those just because I'm so stressed out. And so it's made me – it's been a beautiful learning for me actually. So how did you get through that and what did you do? So I've got lots of different strategies. Um, I, um, yeah, lots of, lots of different things. So I have, um, I go to yoga. I've got, I've kind of got a self-care regime that I, that I try to do routinely. I'm a part of a meditation group. So I join this meditation group. You guys are soul sisters. I feel like I should just leave the room already. I used to own a yoga studio. I'm waiting. Yeah, she's the yoga meditator. And I'm like, where's the bottle of wine? Yeah. Yeah. There is a bit of the wine. Good. Okay. I'll stay then. balanced approach. Okay. But yeah, so I, I try and meditate every single day. And I'm a part of like this online group and we kind of meet and it keeps you accountable and it, it helps you to kind of have a daily meditation practice. So I do that and I go to yoga and I like to walk in nature. Being in nature is a real reset for me. Yeah. Um, and I and kind of so you just got more conscious around that stuff. Much yeah. more conscious about it. And because the thing is, like, I talk to parents about this stuff in my career, right? This is what I do for a living. Talk to families and I talk to kids also about, you know, how they can manage their anxiety and manage their their stress. And so I had all the knowledge but I was not that great at putting it into action. And that's very often the case, you know. Mm. So many – obviously I had my yoga studio and so many yoga teachers say – because I drop in, you know, there's a yoga studio – down the road from yeah. where we uh, record and I'll a few and they say I say oh I've taken a break from teaching because I've got a lot on with work mm. and I just love my practice and they look at me with these little doughy eyes and they say oh, I miss my practice mm. I teach so much and yeah I think 
just having that conscious, just that consciousness around your life is yeah. so important. It's just like it doesn't even matter. It's not about yoga it's, or any of that stuff. It's about I'm seeing where my life is at the moment and I'm just having a look at that mm-hmm. and I'm just looking at, you know, what I can change or what's going to help me yeah. with that. Yeah. And, you know, most of us, we're pretty smart women. We can work it out. Yeah. What's going to help us? Speaking of smart. Okay. <laughs> now, Sarge does not really. Sarge is like, now what is occupational therapy? Now, I've had, a t- I myself haven't had any personal experience, but I've got some really close friends who absolutely swear mm. by their OT sessions for their children. Yep. Um, so can you tell us what it is? Yeah. Good the basic. question. And tell us about your business and what yeah, you do. Yeah, tell us about cool. what you do. Yeah, so occupational therapists are, we're health professionals. So we go to university and we study for four years and we come out with a typically a Bachelor of Health Science in occupational therapy. Um, and so what we do is we work with, so in the paediatric space, so with children, I work with children who are struggling with their independent skills or they're struggling to participate fully in their life. Mm-hmm. So when there's a disruption in, in sort of independence or participation, then that's where an occupational therapist can come in. So that might look like a child at school not being able to, um, you know, sit still, keep their body still to concentrate and and learn. Or it might look like a child who can't, um, who's struggling with their handwriting. Um, or other children that we see, it might be that they're struggling with social skills, so they don't, they don't quite read the social cues that of mm-hmm. other children or, or adults in their life. So not children that are um, behaviourally diagnosed with, with anything, they're just experienced. Yeah. They're just um, showing symptoms of other. Yeah, so more. we do work with we we're registered NDIS providers, and so we do work with yeah. a lot of diagnosed kids. But we also work with a whole lot of other kids who don't hmm. have a diagnosis, and so they might just be showing some subtle signs of um, poor coordination. So they might hmm. just be like those little clumsy kids who who just don't quite know how to organise their body movements, yeah. and so we would help them with that so they might struggle with sports or they might struggle with getting dressed or doing up their laces or um being able to like brush their teeth yeah things like so that. i'm going to go back because i'm really interested in this one point that you've said um because it resonates with me so you've said you help the children that can't sit still yeah now obviously most kids can't do that but <laughs> my, <laughs> i'm telling you they can't but my, i've got um a boy my oldest is in year four so he's turning 10 this year um he has been told by every single teacher he's ever had that he will not sit still and he has this habit of sitting up on his feet mm, yeah um and kind of Doing this weird kind of crouch pose. Yep. It's really super I know strange. It. Right. I know. <laughs> Great. I've seen it before. <laughs> so um, some teachers have given him, have suggested that he had this um, thing that used to sit across the chair and he would bash his feet against mm-hmm. it. Yeah, like um, a TheraBand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like a stretchy, yeah, yeah. It was a stretchy band that clipped yeah. onto the sides of the, of the seat. And that seemed to help. Other teachers said that they, when he gets more interested, he seems to just... Mm finally Come. plant his bottom on the seat mm. but is that something i'd go to an ot for yeah i never definitely. even thought about it being a thing yeah right. so that we see a lot of kids with exactly that yeah. issue um one of the things that your pediatric occupational therapists do is we look at a child's sensory processing so we look at the way that they're able to process and organize sensations from the environment and from within their own body and there's one particular sensation which is called proprioception 
perception. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about knowing where your body is in space without okay. looking. So kids who struggle with proprioceptive awareness, they often need to wriggle a lot to, for their brain to understand where their body is in okay. space. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so these kids, we, we see these kids all the time in our clinic, but, you know, they'll be the fidgety kids or they'll be the kids that kind of struggle to get to sleep easily at mm-hmm. night as well. Yeah. Um, and they might be a little bit clumsy. Um, but what they're doing, what your son's doing is he's, he's, anxi- he's a very he's a anxious, anxious child. Yeah. yeah. Well, anxiety yeah. and sensory processing challenges kind of correlate they kind of go hand in hand they can go hand in hand um and so without having assessed your child but it might might well be that he's got poor proprioceptive awareness so he's got poor awareness of where his body is in space and so he's wriggling his brain is causing him to his body to wriggle so that the information is going back to his brain to let his brain know that he's safe and where he is in space (laughs) And so that little simple um, strategy of having the band around the the base of the chair allows him to kind of give his brain some feedback about Mm. where where his body is in space. But there's lots and lots of other strategies that you can use to help um, help help him to be more still. Okay. So my next step would you go? Would you do you have to seek a referral to see an OT? No. So, well, you can. You, you can just self-refer as okay. a parent um, or some, there's a, a med, there can be a Medicare rebate. Okay. Um, it's called a team care plan. And so you can go and speak with your GP yep. and they would be able to, to write you a referral. Cool. Um, and then you can get a rebate from okay. that. And um, then how often would you see a child, like for, for instance, with that kind of thing? Yeah, so typically, uh, mm, typically we wouldn't just... Typically, you don't just see fidgetiness. Typically, there's some there's yep. there's other things as well, mm-hmm. and so it would just depend. It might just be that we see um, that child for maybe one or two sessions, yep. and then we we might provide what's called a sensory diet. Mm-hmm. So that's basically an individualized plan of sensory um, activities wow, okay. that, that really the child needs to to do through the day, or that a, a teacher or a family member can help them do. And and then you just do that, and and if that's working, then you don't need to come back and see okay. us. Or it might be that you do that for a little while, and then you come back and see us in three months. Mm-hmm. Or it might for some children they actually need more ongoing therapy, yeah. and so we might see them for a block of like eight sessions mm-hmm. or six to eight sessions, yeah. and to see how they're progressing. That's really interesting. That. What about the children with ADHD? How are you helping them? Yeah, so a lot of kids with ADHD. They have poor sensory regulation as well. So they have poor kind of feedback from their body to their brain about what's happening Mm -hmm. um, from a sensory point of view. So we would use a sensory diet with a lot of those kids as well. We also use a lot of what we call um, Mm self-regulation strategies. So we'll teach them about um their their engine really how their engine is running is their engine running really fast or is their engine running Mm -hmm. really slow um and what the just right kind of engine speed is for them um and then we can teach them strategies to if they're running really fast then how they can sort of come back to a good state 
So we, yeah, it just depends on what the individual needs of that yep. child is. There's another thing that we, we do with kids with ADHD. So a lot of kids with ADHD, they have what's called poor interoception mm-hmm. and that's the internal body sense. So they don't really, they're not getting good feedback about whether they're hungry or they're full or they they need to go to the toilet or they don't. Oh, like they, wow. Yeah. yeah. And so we can teach them that we've got a special curriculum that we use to teach them about their internal body state mm. and that can often help them be more regulated yep. as well. Yeah, there's lots of things. swear by it. Well, wow, so it's sort of like, you know, you've got, you presented with the um, the challenge and then you give the kids and the parents the toolkit to take it on. Yeah, that's mm. it. We're really goal-directed. So what we do when we meet families is we we sort of sit down and go through the child's day from the minute they wake up to the, yeah, to okay. the time they go to bed and then we pull out the tricky parts of that kid's day and then we set specific goals around that. So the goal might be that, you know, Johnny can independently follow his morning routine and then we do the treatment um, and does it go hand in hand with schools as well totally okay yeah Yeah. so schools we we see kids in schools at home in our clinic or sometimes in the community as well so if a kid's struggling with the beach you know we have a lot of kids who are sensitive to the sand or sensitive to the sound of the waves so we'll we'll actually see kids at the beach or at the park wow that's really cool shopping centers where yeah yeah, wherever we wherever the the goal needs us to be we'll go there yeah Awesome. My child really is cool. a little bit um she's not very good with the sport. She's very intellectual. Mm. And her um her dad's, you know, a massive introvert and yeah. that way inclined and she doesn't like the beach. What yeah. is it for um kids around the beach that you find that they is it just oh, too much sensory stimulation? It she said she doesn't be. like the sand. She thinks the sand's yeah. dirty. Oh, well, you know. Messy. She said it's messy. messy. Yeah. <laughs> Does she not like getting her hands messy? Is she a bit of a clean freak? A little bit, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's right. Why couldn't my children be like that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, not. me too. Um, but sometimes. <laughs> I, when she first told me, I thought that's massively strange. Yeah, but <laughs> no. it's, a, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting thing and we do see a lot of kids. That's why who, she loves a pool. Yeah, yeah, because it's not the, the sand. Yeah. So some kids, um, their touch sense, so the sense of, of touch is heightened. And so these kids, their threshold for, for touch sensation is a lot lower than, than ours. So it might be that like when you go to the beach, your your brain can kind of get used to the feeling of all the sand on your feet. or, yeah. or But what happens with kids who have touch um, sensation challenges is that they kind of feel every grain of sand. Oh their, wow. brain, their brain can't kind of turn the volume of the sand down if that makes yeah. sense. These kids often also struggle with um, like seams in clothes and tags and... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I see that. Yeah, maybe I need to bring my daughter to see. You. Yeah, see, we all need an OT. Everyone. <laughs> That's what we've all learned from this podcast: is every kid needs an OT. That's right. So, how do we find out a little bit more about you guys and you know the different types of uh, problems we're having, and if you can help with them? Yeah, so you can go to our website. Our website is www.steppingstonesforchildren.com.au. Um, And so we've got some information on there and we've got a a form you can fill in if you've got any inquiries um, so that that can get sent through to us. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. We're always putting up posts. We've got some blogs on our 
um, website as well. Yeah. Okay. So awesome. can I ask you one quick question? Sorry, yeah. this is super interesting. But, um, do you ever go hand in hand with other practitioners? Yeah, so absolutely. Help we do. as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so we we love to work with other practitioners, um, and so we work. So a lot of the children that we see, they have psychologists involved. They've got speech therapists involved. Right, yeah. They've got you know a range of other professionals. And what we really like to do, because when you've got a child with additional needs, it's really hard as a parent to um, you know manage your child and manage to get to all the appointments and manage to do all the homework that you've got to do for each of the therapies. Um, So what we like to do is try and work with other professionals to like streamline our goals and our therapy (laughs) so that we can all be working on the same thing together and it, it kind of minimises the extra work for families. Well, it's families. enough of a juggle for families doing school work, yeah, social, um, sport. Oh, yeah. Don't start me with that. But, and then having to do that as well and would then be therapy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And for some families and for some children, therapy is their extracurricular yeah. activity. Yeah, and so, sure. yeah, we, we'd like to make that as easy as, as yeah. we can for families. Okay, that's really cool. Thank Michelle, you. thank you so much for your insight <laughs> and we loved having you on the show. Pleasure. Thank you. Toza are proud to be partnering with NHM Newcastle Hunter Mummers and NHM I Got It From My Mama podcast. Why should you choose Toza for your family? Because they're one of the most trusted brands in the Hunter, serving families and commercial premises for over 20 years. Toza are happy to chat with you today about your family's heating and cooling needs. Just get in touch. Tozaair.com.au. I got it from my mama with Beck and Sarge on Apple, Spotify and NHMNewcastleHunterMamas.com.